Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for bringing us all together here tonight on this beautiful night. We ask for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit that we may know you better, that we may know how much you love us, that we may come to appreciate more and more here how much we are wanted by you and how you want us to be with you and how you want to be with us. Mother Mary, we invite you here to be in our presence and we crown you the queen of our gathering as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So for those of you who are here for the first time, welcome. And for those of you who have been here before, welcome back. So I'll speak here for a few minutes, and then we'll light the fire. And then we'll bring out the Blessed Sacrament. We'll play some songs. Uh, Father Thomas is available for confessions in the library, so you can just... Uh, walk out, and uh, he's uh, available. So my my theme for tonight is is God with us, God wanting to be with us. And the other side of that coin would be that we are wanted by God. And so I thought I would just uh, read from Matthew's Gospel to start us off. And... Uh, Matthew writes about the birth of Jesus Christ. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to send her away quietly. But as he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had born a son, and he called his name Jesus. So this is certainly a story we're all familiar with. But I think it's really important for us to try to appreciate more and more God's desire to be with us. He wanted to be Emmanuel. God with us. He didn't have to do that, but he wanted to. He chose to. He chose to live among us. If we flip real quick to John's gospel, the beginning of John's gospel, verse 14, we read, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten Son from the Father. So, 
Some of you have heard me talk about the dynamic of God's dynamic love. I shared this today with my brothers here. We had a retreat. And I talk about the dynamic of God's dynamic love. And I do this with my hands and my arms because it symbolizes the dynamic of God's dynamic love. Think about it for a minute. The Father sent the Son. He sent the Son to be with us. And of course, the Son was totally on board with that. He wanted to do that, to come out to us, to meet us where we were at. In our need, in our brokenness, we were in need of a Savior. And so God took the initiative to come to be with us. And what does Jesus want to do? Once he has come to to be with us, he wants to bring us back to the Father. He wants to reconcile us with the Father. God wants to do this. I'm going to read from tomorrow's second reading in just a moment. And it highlights this desire of God. Is Father Tan going to hear confessions too? Okay. Father Tan will be in the, uh, the fireplace room, the, the den. So he'll also be available for confessions. So, Jesus reconciles us with the Father. And then together, what do they do? They send the Spirit. So again, after Jesus, you know, ascends back to the Father. Together, they decide to send the Spirit. And what does the Spirit do? It unites us with the Father and the Son. It makes us a part of their communion. God is a communion of persons. He's not a solitary person. He's a communion of persons. Maybe you never thought of it that way. But the Trinity is a communion, a community of persons. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's a mystery of sorts. We can't fully comprehend it. But we can appreciate the fact that God is not a solitary individual. But he's a communion of persons. And and all they want for us is to enter into that communion. Maybe you've never thought of it that way. Maybe that's never dawned on you. But God is wanting to draw you into his very life. He wants to share his life with you. He wants all of us to participate in their perfect love, in their communion. God wants this for us. And I I don't know about you, but for me it's a very comforting thought to know that I'm wanted, to know that I am desired, that God wants to include me in his community, in his family, in his life. There's a beautiful passage here, one of my favorites, John 10.10. Jesus is describing himself as the good shepherd. So if we pick it up uh, here at verse 7, Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Not only is is he the good shepherd, but he's the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not heed them. 
I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And will go in and out and find pasture. Again, even this, this image of going in and out. Because once we are brought into communion with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, once we are fed, once we are loved, once we are healed, I mean, not completely, but once we have this experience of God, once we enter into this relationship with God, then what does he do? He sends us back out to become joyful missionary disciples, to use the word here in Detroit, to unleash the gospel. So again, we enter into this dynamic ourselves. We go in and out, as Jesus says. And then he goes on. The thief comes, so he was the good shepherd, and he was the door. But then he compares himself to the thief. The thief, which is the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So that's the devil's agenda. In case you didn't know what the devil's agenda was, that's it right there. Steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So he comes from the Father to give us this abundant life. To have us enter into life. Abundant life. And what is abundant life? Abundant life is knowing that you're loved. Knowing that you're wanted. Knowing that you belong. Knowing that you are blessed. Feeling affirmed. I was talking to my friend on the phone the other day. And she's got a four-year-old, and her husband was dropping the four-year-old off at, uh, what, pre-kindergarten the other day. And he says, uh, I love you. And she goes, I love me too. <laughs> I love me because Jesus loves me. I love me because Jesus made me. Isn't that cute? But, you know, and that's not being vain. That's not being proud or self-centered or, or haughty. That's just being... A child, you know, that's being humble. That's just being so simple and so joyful. And you know, I love me too. You know, and does God want us to love ourselves? Of course he does. Absolutely. Because he made us. Because he loves us. And he wants us to love everything that he made. So yeah, he wants us to like ourselves. And he wants us to, to in a sense, want to be ourselves, not to be anybody else, not to worry about, you know, if we're like so-and-so or if we can do what so-and-so does, you know, we don't have to compare ourselves to anybody. Jesus wants each and every one of us to know that he loves us for who we are, that we are wanted for who we are, that he wants to be with us in an unconditional way, no strings attached, no conditions Let me read to you tomorrow's second reading. From uh, Paul's letter to Timothy. His first letter to Timothy. Beloved, 
First of all, I ask that supplications, prayers, petitions, and thanksgivings be offered for everyone, for kings and for all in authority, that we may lead a quiet and tranquil life in all devotion and dignity. This is good and pleasing to God, our Savior, who wills everyone to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. So there you go. God wants us to be saved. He wants everyone to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth and not just intellectual knowledge. You've heard me talk about this before. But experiential knowledge, which implies some kind of encounter, some kind of an encounter with the living God. And that's what we're trying to facilitate here tonight. It's my prayer that we can all have an encounter with the living God. We're kind of sowing the seeds right now with the word. We're preaching the word. We're reflecting on the word. And then in a, in a few minutes, we're going to bring out the sacrament, the blessed sacrament. Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And this, it's true, God wants to be with us so much that he left us this sacrament so that we could be with him anywhere, anytime. He wants to continue to dwell among his people. He wants to be in our midst. And he wants to pour out his love, you know. Now that he's here in this form, in the Blessed Sacrament, as we are gathered in his presence, in adoration, he pours out the Spirit. And the, 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 the fire is a perfect symbol of what we receive his light and his warmth, his love, his life. He shares that with us. All we have to do is, is be, be open to that. And you may not have a great faith in that. You may not believe that you're worthy of it or that you're good enough for it or that God really wants to give that to you. It doesn't matter. I mean, you're here. It's like, when you lay out in the sun, whether or not you want to get a sunburn or a suntan, you know, you're going to catch some rays, right? Well, everybody here tonight is going to catch some rays. Those rays that emanate from the heart of Christ. They're going to emanate from the monstrance, which is going to be up here, and, and the Blessed Sacrament. We're all going to catch some rays tonight. Some light, some love, some peace. We're going to have this encounter with the living God. And you may not feel anything while we're here tonight, but that's okay. Sometimes it's a, it's a delayed effect, you know, even like a sunburn. You don't always feel it right away, but maybe when you lay down at night, you're like, oh, that hurts. Or you get in the shower the next morning, you're like, oh, boy, I was out in the sun too long. So sometimes it's a, it's a delayed effect. Last night we had a beautiful healing service with Awaken Ministries, and we got Brad and Marianne here, and some of you were there as, as prayer team participants, and you know, I was involved, and I was helping out, so it's hard to receive when you're in active mode like that, but undoubtedly I was receiving, and this morning when I was by myself in the chapel, it just really hit me, and I was really overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. I was really touched. My heart was moved. And I really felt God's love for me in a very profound way. So it was a delayed effect, if you will. 
So don't anyone get discouraged here tonight because you may not have any particular manifestation here. Maybe no light goes off, but it might hit you tomorrow when you, when you go to Mass and receive communion or the next time you go to Mass if you went tonight or whatever. So for me too, sometimes it's when I'm in the car by myself. So that might happen too next week when you're driving by yourself and all of a sudden something that we said here tonight or something that you heard, one of the songs or just this image of Jesus, it'll, it'll come to you in that instant and all of a sudden you'll have this experience of God. Because God wants everyone to come to knowledge of the truth. And he is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And as we just said, he came that we may have life and have it abundantly. He wants to be known. He wants to be known. goes on here. There's also one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. See, Paul's just explaining that in a little bit different way. That Christ came to pay a price. For you accountants out there, how does this go? So, Jesus paid a debt that he didn't incur because we incurred a debt that we couldn't pay. Did you ever hear it that way? Christ paid the ransom for us. This debt that we couldn't pay because we needed him to do it for us. This was the testimony at the proper time. For this I was appointed preacher and apostle. I am speaking the truth. I am not lying. Teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. It is my wish then that in every place the men should pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. So we'll do that here tonight. We'll lift up our hands. You don't have to, but we'll lift up our hearts and our hands if you want in prayer and praise. And I will also pray over people. I've been doing this. Uh, I have a scripture passage picked out. It's from Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 3. And it's a little prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. And if you'd like, you can come and kneel later before the Blessed Sacrament. And I'll just lay a hand on you and I will pray this. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God.